Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Wednesday's Word of Truth. Tonight, we are continuing our series on Survive to Thrive, where we are hearing the truth stories of individuals who have overcome life difficulties, tragedies, and trauma. And tonight, we have with us Mr. John Nurse. Hello, dear everyone. Hello, John. Hey, so good to have you here. I understand that John has done some work with Atlantic Records, BET, and Sony Music Entertainment. And John, as I understand, you are currently the founder of and CEO, the founder and CEO of tech company Live Affair. Congratulations. All true. Thank you. All true. Thank you. Okay, that's it's your truth, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Well. As we say, this is Survive to Thrive. So we understand that there's a story behind your success. So go ahead and speak your truth. Oh, well, I guess the biggest truth here would be that I am one of many that is dyslexic. And that has been um, a truth that I don't speak about often, honestly. So this Why? is my first time sp speaking about it out loud to anyone, I, I believe. Well, we, are, we are honored <laughs> that you are sharing your truth with us. So pause right there and tell us why you have not felt comfortable sharing this aspect of your journey before now, publicly, I should say. Well, I don't want people to have a preconceived notion of me before I start doing any sense of work, you know. Um, dyslexia is it, classified as a learning disability. When people hear the word disability, they automatically think that something is drastically wrong with you. So, you know, I don't like to put it out there until I feel really, really comfortable. And honestly, a lot of people might never know. My mother, she, she's a, um, what do you call it? Special ed, she was a special ed teacher. Mm -hmm. So she made sure that she was on me about having to use my ability to my, my advantage in that necessarily using it as a handicap. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she took all the necessary precautions and things that she needed to do. First, she got me SUNY tested so that way I get official paperwork for when I'm in school. So if I'm taking a test, I might get a little, little longer or I might uh, be switched into a different classroom. Um, one of the biggest changes I had to do was she took me out of public school and put me inside a private school. So that way I'm focused on smaller classrooms, have more attention from the teachers. Um, and then she put me like special tutoring where I learned tricks of the trade so that way I can keep up with the average student if need be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought it was really, really interesting when you were talking about the whole math situation of doing math because in high school, I was told that I had a math block, okay? Okay. And, and as an adult, I find I really don't have a, a math block. I actually do math really well and enjoy the process, right? And I really enjoy getting lost in the working of problems. So I use that as an example because obviously you were able to tap into some strengths that other people would not necessarily have qualified as strengths. And so perhaps if my high school math teacher had <laughs> tapped into the fact that I enjoyed working math problems and that I chose to do them in a certain kind of way, I would not have grown up with that label of having a math block, so to speak. And so I think you were very fortunate in that you had a mother who happened to be an educator and a, a support system that gave you the opportunities to, to be able to feel free to work in your gifts. I want to say that. 
to work in your gifts. And I was very supportive. I mean, my mom, you know, and dad were like, okay, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. But I was like, but I got a math block. I really don't have to do it. They really don't expect me to succeed in this anyway. And so, you know, it's, it, I, I just find it so admirable that you were able to, as a part of what I'm going to call your God strength, okay, tap into that God gift and use it in a way that I think is really creative. And, and perhaps that may be why you went the, into the career field that you went into because of that creative side? That creative side, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, would, I would say so. Cause I mean, it didn't always start off that way. I used to hate school. So- You hated I, school. I, I hated school. I had, to, I had to really find an adjustment because before that, I, before I was diagnosed, I was just not good. I, I couldn't keep up with the reading. I was getting certain letters and words switched or mixed up, like my B's and my D's, um, the left and the right. So I, I hated school. But did it cause after, you to act out like your your behavior in school that it you know was that impacted by it as well i won't say i acted out i mm -hmm. just stopped engaging like the biggest down. thing in school was he won't stay awake well i'm asleep i don't know i don't care what's going on i'm tired now so you not only mentally and emotionally but you physically checked out you just went <laughs> to sleep okay all right sleep. okay got that's it. what it was yeah i physically just went to sleep and for most of my life really half my classroom i was i was asleep during class up until what age um probably i would say high school really or eighth even, grade. even though even though you had been tested and even though you had the support system and and you yeah, well, knew what was going on right yeah well as a kid you you have to be able to accept the adjustment that's Got happening it. Okay. I I wasn't so willing to accept it because I'm like I was I felt different. Like if I got a C on a test, I was happy. I was cool because a C is classified as average. That's how I felt about algebra. I got a C. I'm like right. I <laughs> I got a math block. Okay. <laughs> like look, mom, I made it right. Exactly. Like that's exactly right. As average. So I'm like, when you do average, it puts you in a category with everybody else. In my head. True. So, right. Uh -huh. It took me a while before I realized, all right, well, I want to be above average. If this is what average is, then I need to do more and work harder to be above average, which is what- how, how old were you when you came to that point that you wanted to be above average? Uh, probably like eighth grade, but definitely in high school. High school, you start okay. to learn a lot about yourself and learn about your surroundings. You know, when I was a kid, I was still trying to be a kid, trying to keep up with everybody else. Now I'm trying to outdo okay. everybody else. Got it. Okay. Uh huh. So you got to that point of competition, that competitive nature yeah, a, kicked in. Okay. I'm a very competitive person, and mm -hmm. the thing is, you you learn your strengths. I'm like, I'm no good at basketball. I'm like, complete. You're not gonna find me on the court. You right. Know? Okay. So, and I can't necessarily make music physically. Like, I'm not a, I don't have a guitar and drum in hand. You know. So, in order to, I'm like, so what can I do to compete? And which that's where I fell into my entrepreneurial spirit. I'm like, okay, well, this person, when, when I was switched over to a private school, you know, I was surrounded by people who had more Caucasian people, people who mm -hmm. were in who are richer than me, you mm -hmm. know, who had things handed down to them. One person's father owned a, a pizza parlor, a pizza shop. This mm -hmm. person's father was an accountant, this person's father was a broadcaster, mother worked for the news. Mm -hmm. I I want to beat all of them. Okay. So I, I come from Best Eye Brooklyn. So 
that's where my entrepreneurial spirit came from. I'm like, all right, so how can I do that? One, I don't want to feel like somebody is the smartest person in the room to me. I'm like, you're not smarter than me. You're just here because of circumstance. Mm, okay. So how, right. how can I use my disability to my advantage now? So you learn to read situations and context and people really quickly. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. I, for the, a lot of people, like when they get to know me, they say, oh, he talks a lot. He talks loudly. A lot of people, when they first get to meet me, say he doesn't, he's kind of quiet. That's because I'm observing the room. I'm observing you. I'm observing the room. I'm okay. saying, in the lay of the land. The lay of the land. Right. Okay. Who I can speak to, who I, who, like, I'm going to stay away from for the most part. Mm -hmm. What I can use to my advantage, really. Okay. And I, I, I know I'm, I'm on the outside engaging you. So I'm seeing the pattern. I'm seeing the development of these, the foundation that's being laid for what we now know as the successful John Nurse. I, I, I mean, I, I see that foundation quite clearly. I bet if I was asked T to chime in, she could, she could see it too. Because obviously, once again, what was diagnosed as your quote disability, okay? Or even what often folk would say that you had certain special needs that needed to be attended to, you took that and turned it in your favor, as, yeah. as I see it. Yeah, you made it work for you. And where I, I lack, I tend to try and surround myself with people I feel are smarter than me, if you will, that can mm -hmm. help me guide. Where an observer in a room is how your networking comes about. My big, big part of my job is networking. Mm -hmm. So network, networking with the right people, learning to read the right people, building relationships, and I've, throughout the many years, have been able to surround myself with a team that, you know, supports me and uh, understands where I'm coming from and how I able to and how I need to move. Mm -hmm. You can say, because like in dyslexia, one of the hardest things to do is is reading. To be honest with you, reading and spelling, like my handwriting, my handwriting is atrocious. Like, um, well, so, so is mine, and I'm not dyslexic. <laughs> I, just, I just got horrible penmanship. That's it. <laughs> You know, so like even even in my my relationships, my my uh, romantic life, like I find somebody who reads books just mm. just for fun to be attracted to me, like that. Like you wait, you just read just cause, cause that's not me. I won't do that. Only thing I read is contracts. I tell people all the time, I read contracts and that's about it. And then when I read the contract, I hand it to my partner to read it again. Then I hand it to my sister who's a paralegal to read again. Then I hand it to my lawyer to read. Mm -hmm. And then it comes back to me and I make sure everything I want is there. So you surround yourself with people who are a compliment to you and who in many ways fill perhaps that area of what you might perceive you're not as strong in. Right. And not even, it's not even necessarily that I'm not as, well, yeah, you could say not as strong in, but it just might take me a little longer. Mm -hmm. I'm going I'm to get to the end game. It just might take me a longer. And sometimes when you're in the entertainment industry, it's a fast paced business. Right. So, so I, you don't I, have that time, the, right. the luxury of time. The luxury of time is not necessarily in my favor when it uh -huh. comes to certain things. Mm -hmm. So I scan through a situation, highlight what I want, let them know what I'm looking for, hand it off to the people I trust, have it sent back to me. And then I really sit down and really read it, you know, take my time with it. Okay. This makes sense. Anything that doesn't make sense to me, I call out. You have to be, learn how to be very vocal in your, in your situation and uh, make it work to my advantage. Wow, and it works. I, it works. It works. 
Yeah. Because I will tell you this, in, the, in this industry, you will find a lot of people don't read their contracts. And they, people, they, they, and they eventually up. wind up on the losing end because they don't read the fine print. They right? don't read the fine print. They, they rush everything. And, mm -hmm. and even in my situation, when, you know, I'm in a fast paced environment, I make people wait for me because I built myself to the point where if you're coming to me, you see the advantage in having me. So at that mm -hmm. point, I'll make sure my situation is all the way together so that way we don't have to revisit this. Wow, I, I, I find that impressive. I find that impressive because what I'm hearing is that you recognize the gifts that you bring to the table. You recognize the wealth and the value that you bring to the table. Absolutely. And, and the process whereby you move towards success may be at a different pace than other folk, but because you are such a hockey, you're worth waiting for. At that point, yeah, you got to make yourself a hot commodity. Yeah, that's something like that, that. that school necessarily doesn't teach you using my best asset, which is my networking skills, my mm -hmm. ability. So when mm -hmm. it comes to, uh, to the, the paperwork, the hard stuff, I can afford to take my time. You have to learn your, your strengths and your weaknesses. Uh -huh. That's something I learned in having dyslexic, being dyslexic early on. Mm -hmm. I know where I'm weak at, but I know where I strive at. Right. So if I'm able to strive here at a certain point, everything else just has to fall in line. With my with my timing mm -hmm. so i think you're very 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 um traditional in a sense where and i'm going to go ahead and put this out there where geniuses <laughs> okay geniuses often have something that uh let's say dominant society would call a deficit of some sort and somehow the genius in you literally manufactures that deficit into something bigger and greater than what anybody else could anticipate you would produce. Is that is that a good way of capturing who, a little bit of who John Nurse is? I mean, if you want to put it like that, I'm not stopping you. You're not, you're not going to stop me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not stopping you. Right, it's, right. It's funny because I, like, I gained my, a lot of my confidence in this situation from learning more about it. Like I learned how many people who are successful are dyslexic. Mm -hmm. Like you find out, I found out Denzel Washington was dyslexic, Will mm -hmm. Smith was dyslexic, um, Damon John or Damon Jordan, who uh, was the founder of FUBU and now mm -hmm. is the founder of Shark Tank. Um, he's dyslexic. I was like, oh, well, lots of stuff will be like. You are in good company. I'm in good company. Yeah. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And a lot of people, I feel like, didn't let it hold them back because they exceeded in their talent. They found out their strengths, they found out their weaknesses. Some of them were creative, a lot of them are creative, like your Will Smith and your Denzel Washington, who mm -hmm. honed in on their craft early and mm -hmm. used it to their ability to where, all right, they have a team of lawyers that they trust, or they have this person or a wife that they trust mm -hmm. that, you know, mm -hmm. um, I kind of just want to emulate that format. So I just figured out what I was good at mm -hmm. and used it to my, to my advantage. And surround yourself with competent people whom you can trust. Yes, yes. I love it. I want to jump back just for a minute because I'm going to forget this at the end. But I think this is there. Are, a lot of folk are going to are going to are going to hear this story. Are going to watch this this conversation, and a lot of women are going to be watching. And so I want to jump back to where you said that you're attracted to women who read just for the sake of reading. Okay. Yeah. I don't think any woman has ever heard a brother say that. That's that's. <laughs> It too. And I assure you, a lot of sisters are going to be picking up some books or some audibles or whatever and reading just to be reading now that they know that, that, that there are men who find that 
attractive. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. No problem. That's the thing for me. Like even recently, they had this new this new show on Netflix called Squid Games. And it has subtitles. I'm like, I'm not watching that because it's just too much. I'll have to stop each, se- each segment just to read something to, if it goes too fast, just to go back. Right, right. I can't read that fast. Uh-huh. So some, I'm like, unless it got an English dub, it's a dub for me. I'm, I'm like, I'm cool. So right. somebody who picks up an actual book mm-hmm. just for the enjoyment of reading and mm-hmm. gets through it and then goes mm-hmm. on to the next one, I'm like, first I ask you, why are you doing that? <laughs> I thought right. I'd say, why, why would you just do that? Mm-hmm. And, they enjoy it. I'm like, well, that's different. That's attractive. I'm like, okay. I love it. I, I, I love it. Yeah. I, you're going to, you're going to be hearing about this. I'm sure. Yeah. A whole lot of brothers are going to be like, you know, <laughs> looking, looking for that as well. <laughs> Tell me if, if you will, I want to talk about, I want to talk a little bit about what you're doing now. Okay. And, and how you measure your success. Okay. Yeah. Well, right. Right now, I'm currently uh, back into my entrepreneurial space. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm launching a live interactive streaming service. So it's kind of basically like, in a nutshell, your only fans without the sexual explicit content. So it's okay. a way for creatives and basically creatives to monetize off their core followings, if you will. So the same way we sit here in a Zoom, mm-hmm. we set up a, a one-on-one session with somebody have your core audience pay into your subscription or pay into your event to mm-hmm. watch you do a, a live interactive um, event. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, like the way the, it came about during the pandemic when everybody's being put out of work, especially everybody that I know right. being in the entertainment industry, like the artists, the DJs, the... Um, and you're like, if you had a creative genius, it was going to kick in in the middle of the pandemic, right? Pandemic, Better. everything, right, right, right. right. So <laughs> the, the chefs of the world who had all their restaurants closed, the, the mm-hmm. gym trainers who are looking to monetize off the streamings that they were doing via Zoom or and it's having people some cash apps and Venmo's and PayPal's. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't, it wasn't adding, it wasn't sufficient to a, a proper way to maintain or stay sufficient. So right. I, I put them all together in one, one app. Mm-hmm. So that way you can stream your live situation and collect at the same time without just being donation-based. We, we've launched our MVP inside the Google Play Store for all Android, Android users. We're mm-hmm. coming this at the top of um, the, the new year, the year, January, for um, iPhone users. Mm-hmm. We're going to the Apple iStore. We have a great partnership deals with a lot of the Buffalo locals talent. Uh, we just came off sponsoring the Rick Hyde portion of the Burden or Plug tour with Benny the Butcher in them. Um, and yeah, right now we're in the talks of some very big name investors that okay. hopefully be locked in by the, the top of the year. Wonderful. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Amazing. So that the second part of my question is not only with this recent endeavor, but overall, how do you how do you measure success for John Nurse? I often think about that myself. I I don't got a, a solid answer. Uh-huh. But my, after I look through everything, I find myself successful just off the things that I've accomplished. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I started my first business when I was 19 years old. Being dyslexic, that, that for me was a big accomplishment. I'm like, I got a legitimate LLC. A bank account, insurance, lawyers, 19. tax person, 19 in okay. college. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, um, 
And then I, when I, if I put my mind to something and I, I do it, I measure that as a level of success. Like I start off at Atlantic Records um, as an intern mm-hmm. after, I gra- after I graduated from college okay. and in four months end up having a job. I know people that were there when I arrived that were there for two years, four years, right. six years at intern still trying to uh-huh. get a job. Mm-hmm. I did it in four months. And what was different you know, about you than the other interns? My network, my hustle. Okay. Right. You know, a lot right. of people in the, in the space tend to um, stay where they're at. Like if you're in A&R, you get to know the A&Rs. If you're in promotions, you get to know the promotions. Marketing, conversely with marketing. I make it my business to know everybody in the building. Got it. Mm-hmm. From the janitors to the marketing to the promotions to the A and R's to sales, the way I figured it, giving my disability, knowing everybody in the building, keeps, allows me to keep up in a fast-paced environment. So when mm-hmm. you're trying to, let's say you're A and R, you need something from marketing, you're trying to figure out who to go to. I already have the answer. I'm ahead of the game. I'm like, boom! All right, let me just hit this person. They know me pretty well. Mm-hmm. They give it to me, get it done, or they come like, oh, some people come to me, just do it for me. I'm like, right. well, thank you. And then, you know, keep it pushing. Wonderful. Wonderful. You certainly seem to have a good method in place. And you often talk about, you keep going back to networking. It's a big thing in in my industry. Right, right. And that that clearly works for you. And I, I, but I do think that there is an X factor, if I can use that phrase that you have, everybody's trying to network. Everybody's trying to be good at it, but I think that you have something particularly unique about you that makes networking easy, I would say almost, or even second nature to you that everybody else does not, doesn't have. Yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say that, put that out there. Yeah, yeah. I want, I'm gonna be asking this, this question of everybody that we talk to in the Survive uh, to Thrive series. And so I'm asking you tonight, if you could have a conversation, I'm going to say with your nine-year-old self, mm. what, are, what are some of the things that you would say to nine-year-old John Nurse? At night, I would have told myself to invent MySpace, but that's neither here nor there. You would have told yourself to invent that's MySpace? My, okay. Invent Facebook. <laughs> what are you doing? That's right. That's right. I would tell my nine-year-old self to definitely be more, more confident and try to fit in less. You know, when you're, when you find out you have a disability, your biggest thing is to want to fit in more with your friends. Cause now you feel like you're the oddball out. Nobody really knows what's happening, but you know what's happening. You're like, all right, I have a disability. Hope they didn't call me to the class to read today. I hope nobody finds out, you know? Um, and if I was called to read, everybody could be looking like, why is he so slow? Why is he, reading, he just misspelled that word or he can't tell the difference between a B and a D, you know? Um, but I would definitely tell myself to have more confidence and figure it out, be patient with myself. Cause I got frustrated a lot. I didn't learn, but learning tricks of the trade, like from tutoring, like I learned how to spell bed on my fingers. So every time I got confused with B and D, I just spelled bed out on the low. So nobody really sees me and I write my, my B's, my D's, or I learned a lot from my left and my right, just from playing PlayStation. You know, you had to put a certain clothes, play Grand Theft Auto. So I know this is my right hand, this is my left hand. You know, you learn little little tricks. I used to, sometimes I try to figure out how to do, do like this. You are absolutely amazing. 
You really are. And, and I would venture to say that your nine-year-old self, beholding the man whom you are today, is extremely proud of you. Extremely so. proud of you. Yeah, I have no doubt about that. I know that we've had this conversation tonight, but I'm going to tell you, you have so much to offer and to share. And I am very, once again, honored that you decided to share tonight about this gift of dyslexia that has enabled you and propelled you to the heights and depth of, of, of who you are today. So thank you. I thank appreciate you it. So very much. And, and I hope that after tonight that you will continue sharing because I got a feeling folk are going to want to hear from you, particularly those who are on your journey, who have been where you have been and want to learn more about how you have made this happen and made yourself a blessing and a gift to this world the way that you have. Mr. John Nurse, thank you. I salute you. Thank you for having me. And I will definitely try to continue. You know, this is the baby steps. This is my first time talking yes. about it out loud. So I like get more comfortable. I hope to talk them some more. I hope so. Thank you so much. I wish well, thank you, you for having me. continued success. Be blessed. Bye-bye. You too. Bye.